Baseball 365 Podcast. And here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 55 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. You can follow myself at Justin Hughes365. And you can follow my co-host, Andrew McQuiston, at AMCQ82. You can also join us on our Facebook group, where we have plenty of posts going on daily, talking about baseball, fantasy baseball, Dynasty League baseball, for you guys who love to play Dynasty formats, any and all things baseball. You can go join our group. It's called Baseball 365, closing in on 1,800 members as I think about this point a year ago, we were just getting to eight, nine hundred. So we've gained another thousand members in the last year. And we appreciate every each and every one of you who's in the group and giving us great conversation every day. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Leave some comments if you'd like, but the five-star review is something we'd love to get from you. If you listen to this, you enjoy the show, we it really be the best and only way you can help promote our show because the more good five-star reviews we get on iTunes, the higher we get moved up on these lists like baseball. If somebody searches baseball, I think that gets us up the list and makes us easier to find. Now, that said, we appreciate you all, and we have been growing over the course of the last few months since we've cut cut into our second full season of doing our previews. We are downloads have gone up and we appreciate you all who are checking us out a lot of you may be listening for the first time here and thank you for checking us out and hope you enjoy the show so now let's kick back we're doing the second half of the third base position preview andrew and i recorded this a couple days ago and if you haven't listened to the first half i highly recommend you do that first as we cut we cut it at one point and we just This is us kicking back right where we left off for the second half of the third base preview. All right, enjoy. Okay, well, we'll move on to the next group, and that would be from 10 to 14. We got DJ LeMahieu at 65 who we've already actually, no, we have not discussed, but we're going to save him for the second base podcast. Uh, Yoan Mankata at 66, Max Muncie, another one that we have not talked about, or we talked about on the yeah. first base podcast. Yeah. Jeff McNeil, I'm going to save for the second base podcast. He's at 13 at 85 overall and Matt Chapman at 86. So three of the guys we're saving here. So let's talk about, Mankata, I want to talk about him first. He somehow hit 313 after really struggling with the batting average department since coming up with 25 home runs and 10 steals this last year. Now that 313 did come with a real bit high batting average on balls in play. So I want to throw the over-under on his batting average to you, Andrew, and I'm setting it at 275. Would you take the over-under on that? Uh... I think it's pretty close, but I would take the under. Where'd Steamer have him? Okay, two sixty-seven. Yeah, an expected batting average last year was two ninety-one, so it was actually real pretty good. Wow, 
He does. He does hit the ball hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the BABIP was the highest in baseball, four oh six. Wow. So, he actually passed Tatis then, because I remember that, Tatis was a high BABIP guy. Well, that was that was among qualified hitters. I'm not oh, okay. sure if Tatis qualified, but yeah, four oh six BABIP led the majors. Uh, his walk rate actually dropped a little bit. But, yeah, the stat cast date is all great on Mancata. He did improve in some areas. Uh, nice step forward for him last year. So so what do you think about taking him in the spot? Do you, are you comfortable taking him in the fifth round? No. Okay. No, I, I, I don't think I would take – I mean – I would probably take the guy at 15 that we'll get to in the next tier ahead of him. Yeah. And that's 40, that's a 40 pick difference. The nice thing with Mankata is you are getting some steals. Yes. Uh, that you typically don't get from third base. But it's also not as many as I think people were hoping when he came out. Right. Up. Correct. Absolutely. People, people were thinking this guy's got. 25, 25, 30, 30 possible potential if everything yeah. hit right. And he's not been do he's not done that. I mean, he's been up for the last the last two full seasons. He's played pretty much 20, pretty close to 22 steals. 22 total. steals. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what people were hoping to get a year out of him. And who knows? Maybe he still eventually ter- does that. But I mean, with those 22 steals, he's been caught nine times. So he's not even two thirds percent or like 66 percent success rate and in today's game they're not going to let you run if you're getting caught that much you're not going to be running as much yeah i mean nice lineup obviously improving lineup um i do think that it's a good enough lineup i don't know where they have him slated to hit on roster resource but i think it's there's enough talent there that if he isn't performing or he goes into like the slump I could see him going into he could move to the bottom of it pretty quickly Mm -hmm. oh yeah Um, especially you know if he doesn't yeah I mean if he's hitting 270 with the walk rate he had last year OBP is in like the 330 range 320 330 range so that's not a guy that's going to probably hit at the top of the order I think Steamer has yeah Steamer has 340 OBP for this year which you know, it, it could be in that range, but yep. um, I don't think he's a lock to hit at the top of the order, put it that way. Yeah. And that just changes things. I mean, obviously, if he's hitting seventh as opposed to first or second. Um, What about Chapman? What are your thoughts on him here as a 86th overall? So now we're talking the end of the sixth round. I kind of like him right there in terms of I think he's a solid player after two two consecutive seasons of pretty good production here. Yeah, I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind Chapman. He's fine. I I like Chapman a lot more in on base percentage. Yeah, because he's an absolute, pretty much a zero in steals. So you're really just looking at power and counting stats, which he does provide. But I think what did he hit last year? Like two forty nine. Two forty nine with a two seventy batting average on balls in play. Yeah, um, that's just. I mean, 
he does hit the ball hard. Fangraphs war the last two years. He's sixth in the league. I mean, obviously he's a stud defensive player. He's going to be in the lineup every day. Like there's definite positives with him, but the batting average isn't the greatest. And yeah, I, I would definitely much, much rather have him in an on-base percentage league for sure. Yeah. I think in a batting average league, he's just kind of a three-category player, and that's if you get the runs and ribbies that you're hoping for, which were really good last year, but can't always say that that stuff is a lock. Yeah, and Steamer's got him projected for only a 257 batting average, so they're not expecting a big rise there. So there's something in there with his batting average that they're saying he should continue not hitting as high as you would think. And I do remember his strikeout rate was really good in the first half, and then it got much higher in the second half, closer to his previous couple-year norms. I think it was like 26% in the second half again, which was – it was incredibly good in the first half. And I was that's whenever his batting average tumbled. So I, I don't have it in front of me. I think he hit like 210 in the second half with a much yeah. higher strikeout rate. So – Ah, uh, steamer, steamer agrees though. They're saying that the batting average is not going to stay at that level like it was in the first half. Okay, well, beyond that, we're going into fifteen through eighteen, and we got Josh Donaldson, the newly just signed with the Twins this last week. He's at one hundred and seven overall. He's the one you were mentioning before. You liked up a little higher. Then we got Mike Mustakis at one hundred and eleven with new, now with the Reds. Eduardo Escobar at 116, and Yuli Gurriel, who we already discussed, at 117. So all of these guys are looking like they're, what is that, eighth round of players. So we'll start off with Donaldson here at 37 home runs in 155 games in last year. And now he's a twin in that absolutely loaded lineup. But he's also coming from a loaded lineup. Do you call to consider this a positive, negative, or neutral change? Pretty neutral, I think. I think so too. I looked up the um, I looked up the park factors for right-handed home runs, and Atlanta was very slightly better than Minnesota. It was close. So, okay. And the lineup, I think it's actually a better situation lineup-wise. So I think it might be a yeah, ra- raise up just because. They're, they're lined up top to bottom. There's just there are not many breaks. So many guys that mash the ball out. I don't know. It, it's not. Uh, it really is a thing that he could be sitting anywhere in that lineup and probably be okay. And maybe it's a negative because in Atlanta you knew he was going to stay in the top four or five. And I think he probably still will with the Twins. But man, they're just so deep. I don't know. He probably it probably is a neutral. So yeah. talk about Donaldson. You said you would take him ahead of some of these other guys. What do you have any you have much stuff on him? Yeah, I said I said I'd take him ahead of Mankata. I, I actually don't know if I would. I mean, I wouldn't have to. You know what I'm saying? Like Mankata is going forty one picks higher. I'm not gonna have to take Donaldson ahead of Mankata, most likely. Fifteen mm-hmm. percent uh, walk rate, top ten in baseball, OBP monster. I think his OBP last year was 379. Um, if there's an argument against Anthony Rendon, it's Josh Donaldson, mm-hmm. especially an on-base percentage. Mm-hmm. I was looking at their uh, I was looking at their steamer projections, Rendon and Donaldson, and Donaldsons are better. 
pretty much pretty much everything other than the uh, batting average is. So just read. I'll read these off here. I've got them in front of me. So Rendon is projected for 284, Donaldson 267. So an edge there. Donaldson actually slightly higher OBP. And I'm not saying you have to agree with these, just to give you an idea, but uh, Donaldson, 36 homers, Rendon, 28. And then runs and ribbies, 100 and 103 for Donaldson, and 93 and 99 for Rendon. And steals, steals the same. So, I mean, and you're taking Rendon in the second round versus Donaldson in the eighth. I mean, this is one of the best buys on the board here at third base. I mean, Donaldson's a stud. And he's in an awesome lineup. He's just a he's just a really good player, good hitter. I mean, he's just got to stay I healthy. I That's the thing. Yeah, yes, and that was actually what I was going to bring up is I remember mentioning last year with Donaldson that I was worried about him staying on the field, and he stayed on the field, and you saw what happened. If he does it again, the same thing is probably going to happen. That is the main question because. The nice thing with shifting to the AL is you have an out to play DH, but look who the Twins have at DH, Nelson Cruz. So he's he's D- not DH, you know, it's, he's not DHing right. And Sano is going to go over to first. He's going to probably be in there too. So Donaldson's pretty locked into playing third. I feel like, and again, just it's a minor thing, but just something to. Keep in the back of your head, third base all year. The guy's 34. Will he hold up? If he holds up, you're getting value out of this draft pick. So Yeah, I agree. I think he's down here because of the injury risk, and I think that's fair. But if he stays on the field, you're. I think he's going to beat this draft slot. Yeah. Okay, so if I put the over-under at 32 home runs, where are you taking him? You're taking the over. Yeah. I think I'm taking the under, but I think it's mostly because of injury risk. I think if he stays healthy, he definitely clears that. I just, I'm skeptical about the health from, you know, he had, he stayed healthy last year. The previous couple of years, he had missed a good amount of time and he's 34 years old. I think people are dis- taking that for granted when they're talking about him and it, not just for this year, but just as they're looking at that four year contract he just signed. I'm not, I'm not sure I love it for a guy who has yeah, it down the previous couple of years. It could be, but I mean, would you rather take the guy you know is good that might get hurt or the guy that you are less sure is good that you that quote unquote has never, you know, isn't injury prone? I mean, uh, we're talking about I this from the, an MLB perspective. No, or I'm just fantasy. Fantasy. Okay. No, I agree. I'd like, love to I have him the, at the spot. Yeah, I just want the good player, you know, like, and especially with hitters. Like, I get that certain guys, you know, there's this thought in your head, like, oh, he's, you know, injury prone or whatever. But, like, at the end of the day, you're trying to assemble the best team you can to win. You're not trying to get third or fifth, you know, you're trying to get first. And mm-hmm. I just want as many really good players as I can get. And I think Donaldson's a really good player, especially in the eighth round. And the thing we've talked about before, let's say he misses two months with an injury. You're still plugging somebody else in there and getting stats. Right. 
while yeah. he's missing those two months, and you're just wait using a DL slot. So yeah, I'm I'm completely with you on that. Yeah. And then then we move to number sixteen, Mustakis. He's a Cincinnati Red now, and he's averaged thirty four home runs in the last th- each of the last three years, and now he's going to an incredibly hitter friendly ballpark, just like he was in with Milwaukee last year. So over under thirty four bombs. Over. Yeah, I agree. I love this guy's value here. I love yeah. Mustakis at one eleven. Yeah, one thing I uh, I noticed because I looked up. So he's going to play second base for the Reds because they because they've got Suarez at third. So I looked up steamer projections for second baseman home runs. There are two second basemen projected to hit thirty home runs. There are 11 third basemen projected to do it. He's projected for 36, which would be the most among all second basemen. And you can play him at second base. I mean, like, Moustakis is never going to be the sexiest pick on the board or any of that stuff. But if you need a power bump, he's going to have middle infield and corner infield and Really, I mean, you could call it ridiculous power. I mean, it's it's pretty consistent at this point, and especially going to Great American, I don't think it's going to tail off much, if at all. So I like the landing spot. I like him quite a bit here. I don't know if I've actually ever owned him, maybe once. Um, I did grab him in the Home Run Derby League, but uh, yeah, I think he's pretty solid pick here. I don't know if I've owned him since his rookie year when he just got called up and I was desperate for third base trying to hit on anybody. So, yeah, I'm with you. I haven't had him. I'd love to get some shares this year because especially now that you say that about the second base part, did he play second base for the Brewers last year during times when he came up? I think he did some. I was actually wondering if he's he's eligible there going into the year, I think. I want to say he is, but I'm not positive on that. You know, it's always totally unrelated, but you know what always has made me laugh about Moustakis? You What's ever, that? You ever, you ever noticed how he just always looks pissed? <laughs> I've, I think I've heard you say that before. Oh, my gosh. I've never <laughs> seen a guy. I mean, he's like, it's like you're a major league baseball player. Just enjoy life for a minute. I mean, God, he just looks so mad all the time. It's just, it actually cracks me up. It's just funny. I'm like, why are you so angry? <laughs> Maybe he's really happy and he just has a serious face when he's on the field. Yeah. Something. And then it's like every picture you look at of him, it's the same thing. Too. It's just, it's funny. But it amazes yeah, I, me I, that this guy's playing second base. Oh. It just amazes when you look at his body. He doesn't. Yeah. He's not a second baseman. Right. Totally. Yeah. I meant to actually mention that too. So. And he played forty-seven games there last year. So he yeah. is second base, third base going I into he, the year. I knew he played there some. I wasn't sure it was that much, but yeah. I would have definitely taken the under on forty-seven if you had given me that number and how many games he played, just because of Hira. But yeah. And Travis Shaw playing there at some point. Yeah. Okay. Anything that on Eduardo Escobar or move on? Not really. I think the, uh, the 118 RBI kind of stick out, but that's not going to happen again. Um, 35. I would, I would be, I would be waiting if I, if I got past 
Donaldson and Moustakis, I'd be waiting to the, a couple guys down below. Yeah, I don't think I'd be buying on the one year of production of over 30 home runs after being 21-23. I definitely would probably just wait for the next group. Yeah, Escobar seems to have found himself a little bit, but just not a guy I'm probably buying. So, Okay, well, we'll take a quick break here, and then we'll move into the next tier where we are going to, from 19 to 25. Leading off at number 19, we've got Miguel Sano, who's going at 130 overall. So we're talking the middle of the eighth round. At number 20, we've got Tommy Edmond at 134 overall. Scott Kingery with the Phillies is at 166. Justin Turner at 168. J.D. Davis at 175. Hunter Dozier with the Royals at 183. And Ryan McMahon. He's at 186. We'll talk about him on the second base episode since that's where he mostly played last year. So we got really six guys here. We're going to move McMahon off this list. Which one are you most likely to draft of this group if you were draft, um, if you had took one? Justin Turner. Okay. Yeah, he, I actually, in my draft champions nfbc league that i did in december that was the worst snipe of the draft oh yeah yeah it was round 12 and i was locked in on him i i almost took him the round before and i'm just like watching it and refreshing it like come on get to me get to me and the pick before i picked he went i was i was furious um, but yeah, I love Justin Turner. The late career version of him is just so good. I mean, he, it really, you're just hoping he stays healthy because he's older and stuff, but yeah, he's awesome hitter power average. He's going to help you start great lineup. I mean, gets on base a ton, going to hit top of the lineup. So everything's good there. I do like Sano quite a bit. Um, I think he's a buy, like especially in OBP leagues, 12% walk rate, number one in baseball in hard hit percentage. That's not surprising to me. So crushes everything. I mean, he's kind of a classic low average, high power guy with batting average leagues. It's a little bit different. Um, And I always kind of wonder a little with Sano about the games played. I feel like he's always beat up, you know, but I think moving to first base will help some of that a little bit. And yeah, like obviously with the Donald getting Donaldson there, he's going to have third base, first base, and that'll, that'll really help because first base is so ugly. So yeah, Bob Whitmer actually asked about that on the Facebook group. Uh, he asked how, how much of a bump does Sano get now simply just because he's going to gain first base eligibility. Does he move up at all because he's going there? Or you kind of think eh, about the same spot, but just an added bonus. Maybe a little bit. I would have taken him ahead of a couple of the guys ahead of him anyways, but um, I don't think he'll probably move up a ton. But it's not to say he shouldn't. I mean, it does help in first base. Yeah, it's it's all about the bat, batting average and balls in play with this guy. He's going to – he's continues being a high 
BABIP guy because he hits the ball so hard. That's why he's getting away with this mid-30s strikeout rate year after year. I mean, it just baffles me that he hit 247 this last year, and if I recall right, in two, yeah, 2017 in 114 games, he had a 264 batting average. Both times he had a 35-36% strikeout rate, but it's just because he hits the ball so dang hard when he puts it in play that he's able to hold that high batting average in balls in play. But 2018, same hitter. I mean, 38% strikeout rate, but the BABIP went from being three to in the 300s down to 286, and all of a sudden his batting average is 199 because he's striking out so much. So it's just yeah. it's all about can he keep the can he hit can he keep can, uh, hopefully keep hitting the ball hard and get some luck and if he's hitting 240 with the power that he provides he can be a stud. You're just yeah. hoping to you're just hoping he hits 240 260 with that. Yeah, he could hit I mean he could hit 45 home runs, you know. It's just He could lead the league. Yeah. But you're dealing with some batting average risk and some health with this guy. Can he stay yeah. on the field? Because once again, they've got this DH guy that's not going to get moved off for Miguel Sano. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's okay. the one team. That's the one team that you can. Well, there's a couple, I guess, but there's not many teams you can say that about where the DH is just kind of locked in. So. I'm with you on Turner. I didn't respond to that, but I love Justin Turner in that slot. I think. I could see myself getting shares of him if at this spot, especially if I'm waiting on third base and I miss out on the previous tier of Donaldson and Moustakas. Yeah. He's definitely the guy on this list I want to get. Yeah, he's at just the price. like, he's just so rock solid and in a good lineup and all of that. Like I, I was going to ask what you thought of Kingery, but like, there is no way that I could no. take Scott Kingery ahead of Justin Turner. There's no, no way. No Kingery had a nice rebound year. But, yeah, there's no way I'm taking it. I mean, yeah, Kingery's going to be uh, – he should – yeah, he'll he'll provide more stolen bases. But what else are you thinking I that mean, he's going to outproduce him at? What other nothing. category? Well, the other thing is, too, is isn't he – he's slated to play third, right? Correct. Yes. Uh, you know Franco's they, gone. You know that they have this kid in the minors that's like mm-hmm. on the doorstep that plays third base, right? Yes. If Kingery struggles, yeah, I mean he had was it a I think a two ninety three OBP last year. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, three fifteen. No, three fifteen. Yeah, I was looking at a projection. It is, he's projected for two ninety four this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll admit, I mean, nineteen homers, fifteen steals. That's good. Obviously, uh, you know, he's probably an under the radar 2020 candidate if he gets the playing time. And, and the good thing with Kingery is he can bounce around. I mean, he could play other positions, you know, it's mm-hmm. not just third base. But, um, yeah, I just I, I would never take him ahead of Justin Turner personally. Yeah, if he puts up a year like he did in 2018, he got a lot of at bats that season and it was not a pretty season. If he regresses and plays more like 2018 Scott Kingery he's not going to hold on he's not going to have a job by summer he's going to be the utility guy floating around so yeah, yeah there's risk with him yeah he uh, could he could stay in there but he I do feel like by mid-season he could be out of a job too it's just 
It could go a few different ways. What do you think of Edmund? We got all right. We've talked about him a lot privately. Um, I love what I I saw out of Tommy Edmund, the player, this last year. But I have a fear that they're going to go into this year with Matt Carpenter as their starting third baseman. Maybe Carlson's up opening day or real early, and he's the utility guy who's just not getting enough playing time yet. To where I, I think that risk is there. I love the player, and if he gets everyday playing time, I think he could be a very exciting player. I mean, we the Garrett Hampson type of love that we were given to Hampson, we're thinking about Edmund, but I think, once again, just like Kingery, there's some playing time risk here of getting everyday at-bats if everybody's healthy and playing all right. I'm just not 100% certain that Edmund's going to be playing every day. So I'm not taking him here. I wish he was going a couple rounds later. I probably would get in on him and take the chance. But 134 overall, top 10 round player, I think I'm out on him if he's going to stay up that high. You? Yeah, I'm not I'm not as much with you on that. I, so here's the thing with Edmund. And, like, I, I do agree with you that I wish he was going later, obviously. I remember a point, like, late in the year, August, September-ish, um, thinking, oh, man, I'm going to have Edmund on every team next mm-hmm. year. I just remember thinking that, you know, the way he was playing, and I thought he would be under the radar just enough and all this stuff. And I'll admit the ADP is a little higher than I thought it would be. But that said, um, I don't think that the playing time risk is quite what you're making it out to be. And I think that the reason is because I think he can play third base. I think he can play second base. And I think he can play outfield. And I don't think their outfielders are that good. Aside from Carlson – but Carlson isn't there yet. No. I mean, I'm not going to – I know that Carlson will be there, but, like, right now I'm looking at it. So they have Edmund, Bader, and Fowler as the starting outfield. And, oh, like, to me, Edmund is the best player of those three. Ozuna not signing with the Cardinals is really good for Tommy Edmund. And maybe now as that sinks in – as that, you know, Ozuna just signed in the last couple hours. Maybe even as I wake up tomorrow and think about this after this podcast, I'll, I might change my tune. Because yeah, I just think I just think that between the the outfield spots, the fact that obviously Matt Carpenter went backwards a good bit last year. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not. I don't know. I'm willing to say, you know, maybe that we give him another shot. Whatever they will but between between that. And the fact that Colton Wong could struggle. I just think that there's enough openings and Edmund was good enough that he's going to get the playing time in some way, shape, or form through one of those spots. I mean, there's basically, to me, almost like there's five spots, four spots, whatever you want to call it. I mean, the only ones that he's not taking are Yachty, Goldschmidt, DeYoung, I mean, really, that's about it. Yeah. Well, you got a good point there. It might be the outfield where he's playing. I I wouldn't surprise me if he's their opening day left fielder, and that's where he's starting to start the year. And, yeah, Yeah. there are spots where he could work his way in there. I hope hope you're right. 
I've got shares yeah. of them in both dynasty leagues. I was fortunate it, enough to grab them in both. A lot of uh, a lot of similarities to Wit too. If you yes. look at yes, like the type of player, and I mean, it's Edmonds just the type of player you you just want him to get the playing time and at least see. We don't know if he's going to be a stud, but I mean, could be. If he has the opportunity, I think he could be pretty sneaky good. You know, like like we've said, I mean, 12 to 15 homers, 20 to 25 steals. That's, that's, that's a, a pretty good, good player. player, especially a guy that's going to help, probably help your batting average. He doesn't walk a lot, but probably really good bat to ball skills. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just a, just a good player. I, I agree that the biggest question is the playing time, but I just lean on the side that he's going to get it. So I get that it is the biggest risk though for sure with him i would definitely take the over as they've got him projected for 11 home runs and 15 steals i'm going way over on that stolen bases yeah i remember we talked about that previous show i I think you're right yeah anybody else on this list you want to talk about i guess jd davis he had a breakout 20 does actually he had a really nice year after toiling in houston for the last couple seasons and now he might have full-time playing time. Can he have a breakout this year? Yeah, it's possible. He just needs to hit the ball in the air a little bit more. Too many ground balls, but definitely hits the ball hard and seems like he should have an opportunity. So I could see it. Yeah. You know, hit 22 home runs in 140 games as a part. I mean, you know, only 453 at bats because he, he was almost in there every game as a pinch hitter when he wasn't starting. So he had a lot of games where he sat to where, yeah, I, you're right. The ground ball rate is a little too high at 50%. He needs to drop that down, but that's just a little tweak in the swing that somebody could be working with him on. So yeah, I, I like him. Um, I guess that's it. Hunter Dozier, anything to add on him or move on? No solid player. I mean, I don't, think he's going to hit another level really but yeah he's solid i mean he's obviously going to get playing time dual eligible third and outfield so that's nice okay 26 through 30 we got yandy diaz uh we've already covered him at 26 on amongst third baseman john birdie at 27 overall mr utility uh 28 geo ursula 29 brian anderson and tommy lastella is at number 30 here so, of any of these guys, would you be okay taking one of them as a corner infielder? Oh, I wouldn't be thrilled about it. I, I actually liked John Birdie quite a bit until they got uh, VR. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I just don't know how that'll, um, how that'll play out. I, I like his um, his versatility. I think he's eligible at third, short, and outfield. So if he gets playing time with his speed, it's a unique combination there that could be somewhat valuable, but playing time obviously is just going to be the hurdle for him. He may get it, but he may not. Um, the other guys are fine. It's nothing real exciting, but Lestella could be good leading off the Angels. I feel like he's a guy that's easy to ignore, but this is pretty late. So if he is indeed leading off, I mean, it's pretty uh pretty nice spot to get the guy hitting ahead of Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon, especially the way he was going before he got hurt. Yeah, broke his leg, and people are forgetting just how I think a lot of people have forgotten just what he did in the first half. Oh yeah, I mean, crushing. 
80 games, 16 home runs, 295 batting average. And my favorite thing, 6% walk rate, which isn't great, but 8.7% strikeout rate. That is just nuts to have a strikeout rate that low. I mean, he was awesome. And now he's going to be playing for hitting right in front of Trout, Rendon, Upton, all those other guys. I, yeah, possibly. I, yeah, possibly. We can't say possibly. for sure on that, but yeah, if if he he'll is, start the year there, spot. I think he'll yeah, start the yeah. year there. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, and Brian Anderson. You know, I was thinking about these guys when I was writing this up last night. You know what Brian? Who Brian Anderson is? He is the third the third base version of Eric Hosmer in yeah. terms of a. Uh, just a non-exciting player who will probably hit somewhere around 20 home runs, hit for an okay batting average, give you some stats, but is not going to be a, just the superstar. But I kind of think of him as Eric Cosmer, except on third on the other side of the diamond. I've got him in. Uh, I've got him in one dynasty league, and he's like my fifth outfielder because mm-hmm. he's third base outfield and. It's an OBP league, so you know he's solid walk rate and stuff. But I've got one guy all over me trying to get him. God, he's must have offered me fifteen trades. Really, <laughs> Dylan, if you're listening, you got to up the ante on these offers, buddy. <laughs> trying to get him <laughs> cheap, <laughs> which I get it. I mean, it's Brian Anderson, but uh, he's yeah, still a useful just, player. Yeah, I just think he's useful. Like in a deep, it's a twenty-team league. Oh, he's real useful with five outfielders, and he's third base outfield eligible. I mean, he has value, you know, in that type of format. So, and he should have a better lineup around him. When you look at the lineup projected this year compared to last year, there's at least some bats around him that are at least competent. Jonathan VR hitting in front of him, um, and he's projected to hit third on roster resource with Corey Dickerson, Jesus Aguilar. I mean, yeah. that's better than what they had last year. So, yeah, yeah sure. he, he could have better counting stats. But uh, the, the the negative is this should be his last year with third base eligibility. And when he's strictly an outfielder next year, not near as exciting. I shouldn't say exciting because we're already calling him Mr. Vanilla, but it, it's, it's worse. <clears throat> okay, uh, 31 through 40, we got Starlin Castro with the – Washington Nationals. We got Kyle Seeger at 32 overall. David Fletcher, who plays everywhere for the Angels, at 33. Matt Carpenter at 34 overall. Man, that's a big drop. 77 overall last year, I think I said. Now he's 352. Marwin Gonzalez, uh, who also plays everywhere, at 367. Uh, Hunter Alberto with the Baltimore Orioles at thir- uh, 36. Travis Shaw. Uh, the, or as I said, left-handed Encarnacion at 37, Asdrubal Cabrera at 38, Longoria at 39, and Michael Franco at 40. So now we're talking bench players. Who on this list would make for a solid bench player? Uh, it po- kind of depends on what you want. I actually was surprised to see Starlin on this list. I, I didn't realize he wasn't, I was thinking just second base, but um, I kind of like Starlin in Washington. I think that, 
he could have like a better year than we've been accustomed to. I mean, it won't probably be great. He kind of is what he is, but just a way better team around him. I feel like it could kind of prop him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Travis Shaw. We were making the joke earlier. I know about, I would just <laughs> say, you know, Travis Shaw, it's like, you can't really say that that makes Toronto better, but I think it's, um, it's sounding like he's going to be the starting first baseman. And he's had a couple years recently, just two and three years ago, where he hit 30 home runs and I want to say 100 RBI or close to it both years. And Toronto was the number two, I believe, uh, park for park factors, uh, left-handed home runs. Yeah. So I think it kind of, and Shaw's, I want to say, was the second highest launch angle in the league. Hits a ton of fly balls. It kind of all adds up for me with their with him in their park. Uh, I definitely think we could see a rebound out of him if he just doesn't strike out too much because I think it was like a 33% strikeout rate last year, which is obviously terrible. But um, I can definitely see him rebounding in that park. A lot of bombs. Um, and I think Longoria and Michael Franco are both a little underrated just because they'll get playing time, probably more valuable in a draft and hold, not a lot of upside, but, uh, Longoria's bad at ball data last year was actually quite a bit better than it's been. So, yeah, I like I, uh, Longoria I as a draft and hold guy because yeah. he's going to play and Franco, I remember we were touting him quite a bit last year and, yeah, it didn't go as ho- as much as as well as we were hoping. Ended up losing playing time late in the year, but yeah, those guys should play. And Matt Carpenter at three fifty two, I that's the other one I want to add. I think he's worth the shot here because maybe he finds a little bit of magic and starts playing like twenty eighteen Matt Carpenter again. To where I think there's just it's worth the risk here because you're taking bench slots. But I'm with you on Shaw. Even with that 33% strikeout rate last year, he's a career 23% strikeout rate. So yeah. it just, they got away from him last year. And maybe he makes some adjustments this offseason, finds his swing again. And yeah, you could get a, you could have a great, really good profit off of that. Yeah, I don't think he'll hit for much average, but like I'm looking on here and he's projected for 20 home runs. I'll gladly take the over on that. Yeah. It's just yeah. too many. It's too many fly balls. Unless he gets benched. Yeah, that's that's what I you're mean, playing with. Yeah, but it's like 20 home runs in today's game with the way that he hits the ball in the air. I mean, if he's in the major leagues, then I think he's getting that. So, yeah. Okay, let's go outside the top 40. I don't really want to list all these guys off, but as you're looking at them. Down the list, is there anybody else who interests you that you'd be drafting or at least monitoring early in the year? I know I mentioned um, Lamb on the last one. You know, just maybe see if there's something there. But um, I think Alec Baum is going to make an impact at some point this year. I think he'll be up. And I don't know how, you know, how big it'll be, but he definitely has power. So you just kind of wait and see what happens there. But I think he'll be up at some point this year. And, man, call me crazy, but I, I think uh, this is obviously really late. But 
I think Todd Frazier could hit a good number of bombs in Texas. I'm yeah. curious to see how I'm curious to see how the new park plays, but uh, he's going to play. You know, it's this is like a. I mean, I don't even know if I would draft him in like a standard league, but I was actually looking at him in the late rounds of my draft and hold, and I didn't get him. And once I heard he signed with Texas, I was like, I wished I did, just because there will be playing time and there will be power. And, you know, this late, that's more than you can say with a lot of these guys. So, Man, I'm surprised he's only 33. I would have guessed he's like 34 to 36. But, no, he's 33 years old. He's not quite as old as I was guessing. And, yeah, playing his time average, should be there. His average will be ugly and – he still walks some, but yeah, it's it's not the great. It's just, I mean, we're talking about like like you said, the fortieth through fiftieth third base. Yeah. I do kind of think I do think Dahlbeck's gonna Bobby Dahlbeck's gonna get a shot at some point too. I think he's gonna have. I could see him this year, kind of like what Michael Chavis last year. Yeah, like come up, provide power and spurts, look really good, look really bad. Like kind of that type of thing for them. I could see that happening. Probably take an injury for that to happen, though, isn't it? Isn't their lineup pretty full? I'm trying to th- Who's Boston's first baseman? It's somebody. Um, I think it's Ch- I think it's Chavis. Are they put? Well, who's playing? Oh, that's right. Peraza, Peraza. Yeah. yeah, there's a spot yeah. for him. So you could always put Chavis, try putting Chavis back over at second base. Yeah. If Cross is not playing yeah. well and then move Dahlbeck, do it, slide Davers over or put Dahlbeck over there. Yeah, I don't think that those guys are absolutely locked in. But, I mean, yeah, it'll take probably somebody struggling or hurt to, for it to happen. But over the course of the season, I mean, it'll pr- gonna happen. probably happen, you know. So Yeah. He, and he Dahlbeck has a lot of power. So it's just something that could be interesting if you get the call, but not somebody you're drafting in like standard league. Yeah. All right. Well, my final questions for you here, Andrew on the position are just some fill in the blanks here, just like we did with catcher. And then I think I forgot to do with first base, but the players from the third base position that I'm most likely to draft this year are, I would say Vlad Jr., Josh Donaldson, and Justin Turner. Okay. Yep. I think we're kind of close on this because I'd put Josh Donaldson, Justin. No, go ahead. Sorry. And Justin Turner and then uh, Mike Moustakas. Who else were you going to say? No, I was going to say I would be fine with. Machado or Suarez, possibly, if I was in the right spot. And um, Moustakas, too. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm Moustakas as well. Give me whoever I falls from like, that 6-9 like group. I, I even like Sano and Edmund down there. I mean, it just it's – all, it's all over the place with this position. It really – like, I could go – I feel like I could take one early, take one late. It's not one that I'm going to panic on. I'm probably just going to – it's going to just kind of be, oh, where does it feel right, you know, and kind of go with it. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not going to feel like I'm pushed to hurry up and take one, really at any point, until it starts getting down to, you know, 
after pick 100, I guess, Donaldson, Moose, Sano, Edmund, Turner in there. You know, I would take one of those guys if it was after that. I don't want to wait beyond that, but. Yeah, I'm with I you. Mean, like I think 50, that's about cutoff like point. 15-team league, and I know a couple of these guys you may not play at third base, but, like, if Josh Donaldson is the 15th third baseman off the board, which he is, that's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, it's just. I mean, like, I think I remember, this may not be exact, but when we were on, did first base last show, wasn't Trey Mancini's um, 80? He was 11 like, to 15. No, I know, but wasn't Donaldson's 107? Wasn't Mancini like 102 or right in that range? Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm pulling like, it right now because I can get it quickly here. Yeah, it's not a big deal. I know it's close, but. 104. I would every single day of the week take Josh Donaldson over Trey Mancini. Yes, sir. Like, it isn't even close. So, I don't really uh, I don't really get that. And that actually kind of also shows you the difference between third base and first base. Yes, Mancini's you know, going there because people are freaking out at that point because right. of first base. I mean, I, I think there's some Mancini love. There's some people out there that really like him, but... Yeah, we're not on that. Yeah, list. And I'm we're not, not on that list. It, I'm not even saying it to Dog Mancini. It's just more to compliment Donaldson. I just think he's a way better player. So. No, you hate Trey Mancini. That's what you're saying here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, question number two: the third baseman that I highly doubt will be on my team this year. Ooh, um, Mancada. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, Mancata won't be. Eduardo Escobar probably won't be. And of the top guys, I'll say Jose Ramirez. Yeah. Yep. I agree with all those. My answer would have been any of the top five third basemen. I just don't think any of them are going to be on my teams. I don't. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron, that's fair. Arenado, I wouldn't have said that about before, you know, the trade rumors. But now Arenado goes on the list too, because I would have gladly taken Arenado three months ago. But now at that point, I think any of the top five guys. I want the six through ten. I want a couple of the guys there in the teens, or I want Justin Turner, a couple of those guys in the early twenties, possibly even. But I do not want to take one of the top five because I see a lot of guys. It's not fair to say Arenado and Bregman. I think they are in a tier above all the rest in terms of how their skills. I just there's other guys I want in that slot. But when I look at the three, four, five, six, three, four, five guys, I just see guys later that I think could do the same thing. So yeah, it it almost is kind of like, and this is nothing against Bregman or Arenado. They're both great, but. Like, if you're sitting there at the end of round one or the beginning of round two, and you have all these stud players, pitchers, outfielder, you know, just every power speed guys, like all these guys staring you in the face, and you know in the back of your head the depth of this position, it almost is kind of like, man, do I really want to deal with Bregman and the potential cheating stuff? Or Arenado and the potential move away from course. I mean, like, 
I think both of those guys are really good and will probably be similar, similar versions of what they've been. But when you consider what you can get a hundred picks later, I don't know. It's just something that I feel like is to be thought about. Yeah. With you on that, with you on that, I'd much rather wait. Okay. Um, Fill in the blank. If I ended up with third baseman, that is outside the top blank. I waited too long on the position. Uh, well, Justin Turner's ADP is one sixty-eight. So, oh, you mean just for third base? Yeah, third base. Twenty-two. Yeah, but think- there's a there's a few guys in that top twenty-two that I wouldn't want. Correct. As mine, so probably the top like 18 or so yep yeah, i'm with you on deep. that it's definitely deep i just i feel like you can wait if you want to do that that's better than a lot of other positions we'd be talking about oh yeah okay all right well let's take a quick break and we'll close out the show i got some uh, one more thing i want to talk about before we get out of here Well, that covers up our corner infielders, Andrew. And I thought I'd talk about the news from today, actually. And that is that we had our Hall of Fame voting today. And we have two new members going into the Hall of Fame. Were there just two that got in? I only know the big two. Were there any more? I I believe it was just two. Yeah, I was at work and kind of got the alert. I think it was just two, yeah. Yeah. And the obvious one that everybody knew was going to get in got in and that would be the Miami Marlins part owner. And that's not what he'll be remembered for when it's all said and done. He's the New York Yankees hall of famer. Derek Jeter got in with 99% of the votes. There was one player that did or one writer that didn't vote him in. And Larry Walker, I think after 10 or 12 seasons of being on the ballot, finally got over the 75% mark and He's going to go into the Hall of Fame, too. So, Andrew, what were your thoughts when you heard these two got in? Uh, not too much, honestly. I, I, don't, uh, I don't follow it really close, the Hall of Fame stuff. I mean, I pay attention to it when it happens. And sometimes I watch, like, the speeches and the ceremony. Sometimes I don't. It just depends on what I'm doing and the situation that day. But, uh, yeah, and the players, obviously. Uh, obviously, Jeter was gonna be in and nice to see walker get into you know i i always think when i think of larry walker i always think of his 1997 do you remember what he did that year uh no i do not you have here's stats in front line. of you here's his stat line and just just think about this in terms of fantasy now like imagine if this guy existed today okay 366 batting average 49 home runs 130 RBIs, 143 runs scored, and 33 steals. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and every time I think of Larry Walker, I think of that stat line. And I, like, have it memorized because that's how good it is. It's just... That's blockers. 
just a totally nuts season. Like, I'm yeah. glad he got it in. It's ridiculous that it took this long. You know, there's a lot of writers that are taking into account that his home road splits because he was ridiculous in Colorado, just like we were talking about Arenado. It's just it's video game numbers when you play there. But when you look at his road numbers, he was still a career 277 hitter with a I think his OBP in his career on the road was like 377. He was still a very, very good player on the road to yeah. where you can't you can't just look at that because what if Mike Trout was a Rocky and he was putting up just stupid numbers and then on the road was hitting, you know, he probably wouldn't be hitting like at his career numbers. People say that when you're switching from that mile high air to going to normal, it's just, it's going to mess with you and you're going to be worse on the road than you would be if you were constantly away from Colorado. But yeah, Walker is an incredible player, very well deserving. Good for him. And Jeter, I did post on Baseball 365 today, and my post said, props to the one writer with a ballot that didn't vote Derek Jeter into the Hall of Fame. You, sir, or ma'am, just in case it was a woman, are a tool. Because this is the stuff that, you know, I get mad at for a day and then I forget about it because I don't live my life worrying about stuff like this. But what I get the only justification one person commented and said maybe it was because that they knew there were 10 other deserving people and they knew he was going to get in. And yeah, I could at least, I don't, I still don't think that's good logic, but I can at least say, okay, maybe you're not a tool if that was your logic, but I'm going to guess that wasn't the reason. And yeah, yeah somebody's dumb like, and should not have a vote. I feel like sometimes they just want attention and publicity stunt. I also don't think it's a big deal. Like people make too big of a deal out of, oh, he wasn't unanimous. Should he? It's like who cares? He's in the Hall of Fame. Anything yep. doesn't matter. Like years down the line, it's like they don't even care. It's not like one Derek guy, Jeter doesn't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just it's the only, only talked about in the moment. I mean, yeah, they're going to talk about Rivera being the only unanimous guy for a while, but I don't know. Isn't it kind of weird that the only unanimous guy is a relief pitcher? That's kind of funny, isn't it? I didn't even remember that Rivera got in unanimously until this afternoon. Was that last year? Was he just inducted last year? Uh, I think or was so, that two yeah. years ago? No, I think it was last year. And yeah, I had... To, it it, been, it, it is odd. Two, it could have been two years ago, I guess, but I think it was last year. I think you're right. And yeah, that is odd. And <laughs> whatever. The, the Hall of Fame. The only other question I had that I asked once I saw the voting for and that those two got in and it was announced was how Bonds and Clemens did. And it looks like both of them just gained about a percent. So they're still inching up, but they're not gaining as much traction as they need with, I mean, I think they're both probably 10 to 12 years into this voting process. So I think it still goes to the veterans committee after 15 years, doesn't it? Do you know? Um, I'm not sure. Honestly, I thought, in my head, and this could be way off, but I thought that they would that players are on the ballot for 15 years. Yeah, I think you're right. So and they're then, running out of if time. They're not if they're not in after that. I I think they're off of it. Yeah, I think the I veterans committee. At least at one point, I know it was the veterans committee were the only group that could vote somebody in after they were the 15 years were up because that that was the talk with Pete Rose all those years. 
But, I'm going to put you on. I'm going to put you on the spot here. If you had a vote, would you vote for Bonds and Clemens? Oh, I'll tell you what I said to somebody else earlier today. You know, part of me is does not like that these guys were on. Were I mean, I'm under the assumption both of them were taking performance enhancers, and I also don't like that they were jerks. I, I, I'm just not a fan of either person, but. They were Hall of Fame players before they did any of that stuff. And there are people in the Hall of Fame that cheated in different ways. So it is kind of unfair to have these guys out. I think I probably would vote them in, even though I I think I would just have – I need to remove personal feelings towards them out of the way. And, yeah, if that – and I think if I had the responsibility of being a voter, I would think it would be a responsibility – to remove that part from the voting process. And yeah, I think I'd vote him in. I would vote him in. You? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I fully yeah, expected him to say yes. I think that, um, you know, what's funny is I think when they get to the last year, whenever that is, I actually, I actually don't know when it is, but let's just say, you know, let's just say next, this year was the last year or whatever. I think they'd get like 85, 90%. I think they'll get in. I think you're right. I think they're going to wait until the last year. Like, and then... um, it's almost like making them, it's like punishing them in a way, mm-hmm. but um, ultimately I think they're going to get in. I and I think, think... Sh- I think they should. They're just like, I don't know, we could go on forever, but it's like, I don't feel like, I mean, what they did was wrong. Obviously what a lot of guys do was wrong. Is wrong. I mean, it's, they did what they did. It's long in the past. They haven't gotten in for this long. They, it's one of those things where if they were marginally a Hall of Famer or not, I could see not putting them in. Mark you're talking of, I mean, you're talking about like Barry Bonds. I mean, he's potentially the best player ever. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't – I just um, – if he's not, he's on the short list, you know, and – it's just not right to not have that guy in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. It just isn't. I don't care. Like, what he, what he did, I mean, he was – he had a 40-40 season, I believe. I, I think it was 93. I don't remember exactly what year, but yeah, I'm pretty he, sure it was bef- – I'm pretty sure it was before he did any of that. Oh, yeah. He you was, know, and it's – His speed had dropped off by the time he was hitting 73 yeah, home I just, runs. I just don't believe that that stuff – made so much of an impact that they wouldn't have been hall of fame type players even without it now granted that doesn't make it right but just how i just what i feel i feel like they should be in so under that assessment let me ask you two other players mcguire and sosa would you vote them in i don't know because i'd have to look more at their numbers i just don't know all the numbers and i don't want to get in too deep into it but i think i know that they're not they're not what Bonds and Clemens were. So no, I don't think without steroids, I don't think either of them are Hall of Famers. So that's why I'm saying yeah. no. I think both of them. McGuire's body was breaking down, and he was really struggling to stay healthy. And then Sosa, yeah. <laughs> just like McGuire, just shot up in size, and all of a sudden the power came. As compared yeah. to guys like Bonds and Clemens, who were Hall of Fame players already. And they 
their career wouldn't have gone as long as they did at the level high of a level as they were, I don't think. But yeah, they they were already Hall of Famers before they started taking that stuff. So yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Well, um, let's see. I guess we've. I guess I'll ask you this: We got a, a Super Bowl now, and I don't want to make predictions. I thought I'd even ask you that next week. But how'd you enjoy the games this weekend? Uh, they were okay. It wasn't like either game was that exciting. I don't know. They were just they were fine. I, you know, going into the weekend, I felt like they were not going to be great games. I just. I wasn't excited about the championship games outside of a I'm a Packer fan and my team had a shot to go to the Super Bowl, but I just did not feel like either of these games were going to be overly competitive and neither one of them were. They weren't games going down to the wire with excitement, but I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl and we'll make some predictions next week on that. But this should be a fun game this year. Yeah, it should be good. We'll do, yeah, we'll do picks. I don't even know actually who I'm going to pick yet. I'm not but, fully decided uh, either. I think it's, I think it's like a coin flip. It's as, it's as good of a game as I can remember going yeah. into the game. Going into the game. I mean, it doesn't mean it's going to be the best game, but it definitely sets up that way. So we'll see. I, th- I think, really, in terms of the least sure I've been about who I think is going to win, going back to like the Ravens and Niners from seven years ago or whatever it was. I think it goes back that far since I've felt this close of a matchup. Yeah. yeah. Should be fun, but the good news is we got one game left. Well, two if you count the Pro Bowl this Sunday. (laughs) But, yeah, so, and then football's over, and then everybody's getting on baseball because when do pitchers and catchers report? We got to be less than a month, aren't we? Yeah, I want to say it's about three weeks, right? I think it's right around when those uh, when our sub drafts get going. So, yeah, Here. like three weeks. We'll make this exciting. Hey Siri, when does pitchers and catchers report for baseball? Okay, I found this on the web for when does pitchers and catchers report for baseball. Check it out. <laughs> oh Siri, you're always I. Siri's useless. <laughs> that didn't help me. So never mind. Well, yeah, no, just it, have it's, to it is. Search. It's like it's like three weeks. Because there, I know. Because there's a guy that's been counting down. So that's great. We'll get to see some preseason games and watch some get, get overly dramatic. Get overly excited about guys just standing in a field throwing a baseball to each other. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But it can't get here quick enough, can it? No, no, it can't. I I feel like February. It's just everything's going to take off here. I was, I know, I was telling you, but like the. All the drafts and holy smokes. I feel like I'm just going to be so busy once February hits, like second week of February after the Super Bowl. It's going to be fr- a lot. It's the Friday after the Super Bowl for me. That's when my redraft auction starts. I'll have two sub drafts probably going on before that ends. And then I'll have my draft and hold before the, probably before the sub drafts end. And yeah, it's going to be maybe right as they end. And that'll get get me right into the beginning of May, March, and prob- I might get into one more draft. I'm trying to get into the um, TGFBI, the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. You got in there last year, uh, taking over a team. I'm hoping to get in, too. We'll see if that happens. But, yeah, it's about to get yeah. – the ball's about to get rolling. 
Yeah, I think I got subdrafts on the 9th, the 10th, the 13th, the 16th. <laughs> and they're slow drafts, so it's just going to be like back to back to back to back for about 10 days, 10 to 12 days probably. And then the draft and hold league in, on the 24th and where whenever TGFBI is, I mean, I think that's going to be a slow draft too. And it'll probably be somewhere in there, and then we'll be doing podcasts. And yeah, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. So I did I, uh, mention. I've actually been. Oh, I've actually just been kind of these last these last couple of weeks. I've just been kind of enjoying not having too much. I mean, I haven't like been in a draft. I've just been kind of laying low and looking into prospects and regular, you know, regular draft stuff, but. It's definitely going to take off here pretty quick. Yes, it is. And, yeah, it's the calm before the storm. Say that. All right. Well, what position are we going to do next week? We're going to try maybe, I don't know, we might try doing outfielders or we might go to middle infield. I guess i got to figure that out for a week. Yeah, your call. We'll figure it out. Okay. We will do one. We will do one. But until then, I appreciate all you guys for listening through this. It's been a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying these. Enjoyed them last year, enjoying them again. But until next week, take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, We would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year.